Welcome back to season seven of the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your hosts, Alora Rain and Kitty Fields. If you enjoy being here with us, please remember to rate and review our podcast on your podcast app. Visit my website, alorarain.com, for tarot, numerology, and soul origin profiles. And don't forget to visit the Otherworldly Oracle website to learn more about working with deities in your personal spiritual practice. In addition, don't forget, you can further support our podcasts and projects by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash burning hallows, where you'll receive access to bloopers, grimoire pages, and much more. And now onto the show. The trickster, the deceiver, the misunderstood. Today, we meet the Norse god of mischief, Loki, a deity that stirs up debate among modern pagans. Is he good? Is he bad? Should we work with his energy or avoid him entirely? The god who will supposedly cause the end of the world is also a god who has taught lessons, given gifts to the gods, and more. Come with us on a journey from the Hearthfire to Asgard and beyond to explore Loki's part of the Norse cosmology and how you can approach working with this paradoxical god. That was a that was a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Jace tongue twister. I know. And I was looking back at that and thinking, did I write that? I don't even remember writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes like you go out of body when you write this stuff, and you're like, whoa, that was yeah. really good, really yeah. difficult. <laughs> well, I think I was being overly critical of myself too because I remember writing it and going, this sounds like crap. I'm gonna have to rewrite this. Now I'm like, oh, that wasn't bad. <laughs> I think that's everybody who writes, just to be honest, like you just hate your work, your own work. And then other True. people are like, no, really good. Exactly. Mm. So before we dive into the world of Loki, what's been going on in your world? Oh, school. Back to school. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't really. So we are, the kids started back to school last week, right? Mm -hmm. This week is their first full week. So it's been kind of chaos because <laughs> well-timed with the Loki episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been kind of chaotic because they're trying to get back in their routine and we're switching up a couple of things and trying to get them up a little earlier and things like that. So it's kind of been crazy around here. What Got about you? you? I mean, yeah, all of that as well mm -hmm. for me. I mean, not back to school, but just in school. <laughs> yeah, but you guys are almost done. We just started. <laughs> oh, true. Okay. Understood. Yeah, and I've been working on some creative things that I plan on revealing in the near future. Yeah, like when? Like, I feel like, I feel like the anticipation <laughs> has been mounting for like, months i know it's only been a couple months but i probably within the next month 
It's probably longer for me though, because I get the inside scoop, right? So when you start something, you, you usually message me and you're like, dude, this is happening. And I'm like, oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> don't tell anybody for a couple of months. I've so been for dropping me- hints. Like I'll, I'll sometimes put it in a story or something, you know, but mm-hmm. anyway, right. so Loki, have you worked with him before? Me personally, no. Have I? Mm, I know his mythology somewhat, right? So I know some of the stories. Mm-hmm. Not all. Not all. Well, we're going to be talking about him quite a bit in this episode. I was going to say, I know that you have. <laughs> I have, yeah. And he kind of, I wouldn't call myself a devotee, but we, I have worked with him and he kind of comes, comes and goes as Loki does. Mm. So who is he exactly? Well, for people who don't know, he is part of the Norse pantheon. We refer to him as a God, but it, believe it or not, there's some modern pagans that are like really hardcore against Loki and don't even consider him a God. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. It's just like, are we, have we read the same Eddas? Yeah, we have. They they like to refer to him as either a demigod or basically like a half giant. Like I when know I that they, he... I mean, I mean, like, you know, the guys who are in some of these groups who are like militant about the way they see Norse paganism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, but look, you can't like that's <laughs> I don't think that you can call that Norse paganism. Like, please tell me that we're not talking about people who appropriate Norse paganism as a veneer or. That's part of it. Yeah. But that could be a whole nother episode, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So for our intents and purposes, Loki is a god in the Norse pantheon. He is who, who is mostly known for his trickery and mischief. He is a guy that's supposed to cause the end of the world known as Ragnarok. This is supposed to be a great war between the gods, essentially. And basically throughout the Edas and the sagas, Loki is seen as a friend to the gods, but also in the same breath, often a foe of the gods as well. He frequently causes problems. Go ahead. I was going to say, hang on a second. I think that I can sum this up for everybody. You know, how everybody's got that one friend that you like love to invite, but then afterwards you're like, oh, this was a bad idea. It's that friend. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I think he is the epitome of the divine paradox. Mm. So he is, and then he isn't, you know, he's male, then he's female. He's sometimes an animal in the myths. I was going to say, sometimes he's a horse. (laughs) Uh And not just a horse, but a female horse, a mare, right? Yes. So interestingly, you know, despite all the trickery and mischief that he causes and being the guy that everyone's like, oh my God, he's at the party, you know, 
he is also credited with many of the powerful weapons and magical tools that the gods are gifted with, mm. including Odin's magical spear, Gungnir, and Thor's hammer. Right. So he, Loki is often a problem for the gods, but at the end of that problem, it causes immense growth for the gods in different ways. Yeah, right. Should I talk about who he was born to? Hang on. I have a comment and I have a question. Okay. Okay, so you know how you're talking about earlier how some groups have demoted him essentially. Oh yeah. Do you think that this and I was talking about, you know, the groups that basically appropriate Norse paganism as a veneer mm-hmm. for other Do you think that Loki's fluid sexuality, gender identity has something to do with that? It could. I think that it also has to do with the fact that there's there's been a kind of a Christian layer or blanket, I would say, placed over the Norse myths as well. And so Loki... I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> Why? So when Scandinavia was Christianized... Yes. Loki became the devil, essentially. He was the equivalent to the Christian devil. So I think that there's some overlap there, whether it's ingrained in people's minds just from, you know, past centuries, ancestors, whatever, or if it's Mm. like people who were raised Christian and then converted to Norse, whatever they want to call themselves, it's just kind of like they place that that persona on Loki automatically because he's the deceiver, he causes the end of the world, et cetera. That's interesting because like while my rational mind can understand that, mm-hmm. I don't know like if I just, if like my spirit, soul, whatever, just never absorbed that. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never seen that in Norse paganism myself like it I just didn't register no and I don't I don't think it it, I mean I don't think it does for everybody but I mean I Mm -hmm. do that's this is just my theory and I mean other people have said this as well but it did happen that you know when Christianity started to take over there were certain gods that became saints right oh yeah and then others were automatically associated with the devil so yes, because we have to have a good guy and a bad guy. Exactly. Oh, good grief. Okay, continue. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Loki's origins. Loki okay. was born to his father Farbaldi and his mom Laufey. And I believe that is how you pronounce them. So Farbaldi means a dangerous striker, and Laufey means leaf. Thus, some scholars have interpreted Loki's birth to have taken place when a lightning bolt struck a tree. Hmm. The Edas say Loki's brothers are Helblindy and Bilister. Not much is known about Bilister, but Helblindy is said to be one of the Jotun or a race of giants in Norse mythology. 
And their mm. father, Farvaldi, is also one of the Yotun. So it, that's basically what makes Loki half giant. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because doesn't, yeah, he has, Hell is the daughter of Loki and Angraboda, right? Yes. And she's a giantess. Correct. Okay. Well, I think she's considered part, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Okay. So Odin, believe it or not, actually calls Loki his brother. Mm. And some of the Eid and some of the, I don't remember if it's in the sagas or the Edas, but basically he says that Loki is blood of his own blood. And Odin also says that he cannot take a drink of wine unless Loki also drinks. Isn't that funny? So there's actually some people that when they offer anything to Odin, specifically wine, they also offer something to Loki at the same time. Interesting. Mm -hmm. In addition, we know that Thor needs Loki as his travel companion, but for reasons we can only try to comprehend because Loki tends to get Thor in trouble quite a bit. And interestingly too, this is something that I learned from, it's called, I don't know if you heard the publisher Pagan Portals. Yes, I do know. And they actually sell Pagan Portal books over here. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Some of them are really good. Others I'm kind of like, eh, about, but there was one written on Loki that was really good that I recommend. Oh, but yeah, I learned through that book actually that Loki may have also been a, one of the creator gods who was there at the creation of man in a different guise under the name. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny to me. It, it just makes sense that the destructive God would also be a creator God. Right. Cause you have that divine paradox, especially, I mean, you know, with Loki being a trickster, but also bringing change and growth. Loki is married. Usually everyone talks about his more famous children or infamous born through an affair with anger Boda, a giantess and witch. And these three children are Jormungand, Fenrir and hell. And to make things even stranger, Loki is the mother of Sleipnir, Odin's <laughs> steed of whom he conceived with the divine stallion. Svadalfari. <laughs> yes. That's one of the myths i know quite well <laughs> i think it's, it's hilarious sleep near yeah it's like that Loki was is a father and a mother yeah that was just the weirdest i was like what yeah. <laughs> i was like okay then all right we can yes. do both so in that myth i don't know I, I i don't know the full thing inside and out but i do know that loki transforms or shapeshifts into the form of a mare to yep. basically lead... a... go ahead. I was going to say, isn't it a, uh, can't remember the color. I was going to say red, but I don't think that's right. I don't remember. I don't remember the color. I just know that he does it to lead the, this divine stallion away from his duty, which I believe was building a, was it building the wall or the bridge? In Asgard, I can't remember which, but basically yeah. he, he does it to tempt this other horse away from doing its job and apparently becomes pregnant. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, I remember. And then has, yeah, then as the mother of Sleipnir, which is Odin's eight-legged steed, right? Hilarious. Yes. But back to the creator aspect of Loki, he appears in the Edas as Lodor, which we said, alongside Odin and Onir, who created the universe and human beings. Mm. So it's said that the primal humans, their names were Ask and Embla. They were created from ash and vine wood. Odin gave them spirit by his breath. Onir gave them a sense and Lodor, which would have been Loki, gave them blood and color. Hmm. Interesting. I know. I love that. I don't know why I just do, especially because he's associated with fire. So it's like fire and the blood, you know? Right. Oh, yes. in addition, Loki created the dwarfs race known as Lofar's race, which I didn't know this till recently, as well as the Dwayland's Confederacy. Never heard of that. Me neither. I just, I just found this recently. I was reading something. I was like, what? Okay. And he's also known as the father of ogres and father of witches because he ate the heart of Golveg the witch and was impregnated by it. Okay. There's some kind of conflicting, confusing mythology here. We... Most of us know that he had the three children, Fenrir, Jormungand, and Hel through Anger Boda. But there's like another myth too that he ate the heart of Golveg, who was this other Norse being who was also a witch. And I don't know, there's some people say they're two separate people. Some people say Golveg and Anger Boda are the same woman. It's very confusing and you won't find anything in the Edas to clear it up. So good luck trying. <laughs> That's interesting too, because Odin is also father of the witches. I know. So that I, know. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. Mm. So and I, I have a kind of a theory about Odin and Loki and it's, I don't know. I don't know if I, it, it makes sense to me, but I feel like other people would be like, that's just not true. What conjoined twins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes people are going to get on me for this. I don't care. I'm just going to say it. I feel like sometimes Odin and Loki are the same being just in different guises. I don't think that that's weird and crazy. I think that that is, I mean, look, <laughs> A lot of goddesses are what triple goddesses, right? They have three different aspects to themselves. True. And when you go back to the original creation story of Norse mythology, how many brothers are there? Three. Mm, yeah. Good point. So again, the, the three that created the world, right. Or, you know, and man yeah, would be different aspects of the same divine energy. I mean, that's not far-fetched at all. I love that. I didn't even make that connection. That is a really good point. <laughs> hey, sometimes I got great ideas. <laughs> you do often. <laughs> Funny. But to take it back even further, and this is a cool theory too, which I kind of subscribe to. Before the Aesir gods became like the ruling pantheon and 
Norse tradition during like the Viking age is when they had their real or right before the Viking age leading into it when they had their kind of glow up, we'll say (laughs) (laughs) Loki is theorized to have been had a larger cult before the Aesir gods, like before Odin and and Thor became real big. And Mm. he was initially thought to have been a hearth spirit. So more specifically a fire elemental type of spirit that was worshiped at the hearth in Northern Europe. So like he came from a specific region and then, you know, sort of grew from there, but was originally more or less like a lair. If you've ever heard of a lair in Roman mythology, Mm. the lairs were gods of the household essentially. And they were actually pictured as snakes, which I find interesting because Loki is also connected to the snake. And so is the Christian devil. How, how convenient. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It is convenient. I mean, yeah. I will say this as far as the fire aspect of Loki, be careful with that because when he first starts to come into your realm, he likes to get your attention right away. And sometimes that can be with fire. (laughs) Don't put linseed oil on a rag. (laughs) Do not put linseed oil on rags and leave them in a pile somewhere in your your washing machine. They will spontaneously combust and you will freak out. And yes, and this is what's crazy about it too, is that linseed is made of from flax, which is a traditional offering for Loki. Hmm. Yeah. So that was just lots of signs all at once. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm. So what are his magical associations and or correspondences? Colors for Loki, black, yellow, green, gold, red, orange, and violet days. His sacred days are days that you'd want to honor him Friday, the 13th, because 13 is his number. The 13th of every month, really. The autumn equinox, Samhain, as well as Yule. Okay, question. Oh boy, yeah. That seems a little convenient. Do we think that that was always the way it was, or do we think that that is Christian-influenced? The 13th thing? Yeah. Well, he's supposedly like, he's like the 13th god of the Aesir pantheon. Okay. And that's where I believe that comes from. So I don't know about the Friday aspect. That might be, you know, Christian kind of whatever filtering in. Yeah, I'm just, the reason I asked was just because, you know, the 13th gets associated with Judas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. His sacred animals, the snake, if we didn't Hello. already know that. The falcon. I think he shapeshifts into a falcon in one of the Edas. Hmm. Yeah. The spider, because there is some actual theories that his name translates to spider. Hmm. The horse. We've told that story. The fly, again, a shape-shifted form. The flea, 
salmon, <laughs> vulture, wolf, and fox. Mm. And I think the fox has to do with the cunning kind of trickery ways. Yeah, I'm the wolf surprised me. Well, because okay, Fenrir is his son, first of all, who's a wolf, and there's another association in the Edas as well. Yeah, right. Stones, if you're going to use stones and crystals on his altar or what have you to work with him, obsidian, black tourmaline, pretty much all the black crystals, black onyx, as well as garnet, citrine, serpentine, and carnelian. I love serpentine. It is a cool stone. That is one of the coolest natural rock formations. Like I have a piece of raw serpentine. Oh, it's really, it's, it's pretty good. I had a tumbled one at some point and I gave it away and I wish I hadn't. No, I have a piece of raw serpentine and it's, I wish you could see it. I'm holding it in my hand, but it's really, really cool because it's, <laughs> Sorry. It's no, you're fine. It's striped. Like, I don't know how to even describe it, but it's just really cool. So his consorts and allies, Hell, Angerboda, Sejin, Thor, Odin, Sleipnir, Fenrir, Jormungand. We've talked about all those deities as well as Krampus is actually associated with Loki in some theories. Surprise me. Other pantheons deities that are similar to Loki, Pan, Carnunos, Dionysus, Bacchus, Anansi, which is the spider god in... It's African mythos, isn't it? Correct. West African. Uh, yes, thank you. Lu, Hermes, Mercury, Elegua, Eshu, Prometheus, the coyote and crow as spirits as well. Herbs mistletoe mint patchouli tobacco cinnamon clove holly cedar juniper and elder which a lot of those are norse traditional herbs magical herbs yeah, i use a lot of that to do with his myths go ahead oh no i just was saying i use a lot of those oh yeah yeah probably just naturally you're drawn to some of them i would think magical domains Chaos and destruction, creation and creativity. Yes. Fire, we've said shape shifting, blacksmithing, cooking, because hearth fire and God of the hearth, discovery, Mm. trickery, protection, paradox, taboo, shadow work, a big one with him. He's the catalyst, cunning, seduction, passion. I mean, I guys, I could keep going on. There's a lot. (laughs) Self-empowerment. His star is serious because it's also called Loki's torch. Oh, that's pretty cool. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, I love that. And symbols are the infinity snake and Ouroboros, which is the snake or dragon eating its tail. Right. Number eight, the chaos star is sometimes used to represent Loki. And runes that spell out his name. Lagus, Othala, Kanaz, and Isa, as well as the runes Hagalas. Mm. I have a friend with Hagalas tattooed on him. <laughs> That's interesting. 
Okay. Shall we go on to working with Loki now? How to work yes. with him? So how do you work with him if he's very unpredictable and sudden? I think the first thing is to not be scared. I think a lot of people are fearful of working with him because of his reputation. <laughs> right. But I think respect is definitely first when it comes to Loki. I know that might be hard like, oh, he's the trickster, but yeah, I think you approach him with respect and don't be scared to work with him. Thanks to Marvel for putting that image in everyone's mind. You know what? It's hard to get it out too. I know. Because like, every time whenever I Loki, picture him, I think what I see. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you know what? I think that's okay though with the actual God, Loki. I think he's okay with that. Hmm. Well, I don't know if he's okay with that or not, but most people probably that's what they, you just can't help it. It's a, it's a societal thing. I think in my experience, a lot of the gods will come to you in a more familiar form. Oh yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, it just made it easy for Loki, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Obviously read and research. We always say that about working with deities. You should be reading the myths and anything you can get your hands on about them, really. Setting up altar space. We also say that if you want to work with them for any extended period of time, it's nice to, that they have their own space that you connect with them there. And obviously working with fire safely. Not with linseed oil on rags. De like definitely not with linseed rags. <laughs> Safely with fire, right? So in a fire pit with fire releasing rituals in your cauldron, which I think we're going to be talking about the cauldron next. Things of that nature. Shadow work is a big one with Loki. I feel like for me, when Loki came into my life, I was getting ready to surface some shadows that I hadn't dealt with my entire life. And he came to me in a dream, which I feel like I've talked about this dream before in the past, but basically I was swimming and he was standing above me, like on the side of this building. And there's like pools all in this building. And he, <laughs> throws a baby doll into the pool and it starts to sink. And I have to dive really deep to save this baby doll. I don't know hmm. why. And then I bring it up to the surface and it actually turns out that that was the baby doll was my inner child. Hmm. In the dream, he's kind of laughing a little bit, chuckling to himself. I'm like, oh, this is so wrong. You know, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's what he was doing. He was basically initiating a time of some pretty deep shadow work for me. And I think he does that for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. And the gods too. He does that for the gods as well. Shape shifting is another one. If you've never done any kind of journeying or shape shifting ritual, this will be something that you can learn through him. Hmm. And then of course, every God loves offerings. Loki is no exception. Mm. I mean, I even like offerings. I'm not a God, you know? 
<laughs> Loki enjoys any kind of alcohol, candy, hot peppers, anything spicy, different meats. Some folks even give him toys, believe it or not. This is interesting considering the story you just told about the baby doll. I know. I know. So again, I'm going to reference the pig and portals book on Loki. The author's last name was Lopson. He says many Lokians experience the side of Loki that's whimsical and even childlike, though that certainly doesn't mean he isn't a God that can be serious or shouldn't be taken seriously. It's kind of mm. cool. Hanging mistletoe at Yuletide is also an offering for Loki as well. Playing pranks, which are not harmful to other people. And mm. this is interesting too, is any kind of dream with snakes in it for me has represented Loki. I think honestly, dating back to to my teen years, when I started dreaming about snakes, now this won't be for everybody, but you may start to have snakes in your dreams when you start working with Loki. Mm. So I recommend obviously writing all those down, like what happens in the dream and analyzing it later to see if there's any messages that he's trying to get across to you. Interesting. Yeah. I, hope I mean, so. I've had snakes <laughs> dreams, but I don't think that they were Loki necessarily. I mean, it's, it's not going to be for everyone. I think a lot of people have snake dreams, whether you're magical or non-magical. It's a kind of a common theme. Yeah. And like, I'm sure that when Loki appears in snake form and you have a snake dream that is attached to him, you have that knowing, right? Right. Most people, but snakes dreams, particularly in paganism, witchcraft, etc., and I mean, and even in Muggle life, even though they don't know it, usually <laughs> when you have snake dreams, there's some transformation happening. A hundred percent. Another. A hundred percent. Hold on, I gotta let my cat out. One sec. You name this cat Loki. All right. Well, I guess that's all I have on Loki. I mean, I could continue to talk about him for a long time, but I won't because we're running on time. Okay. Thank you all for joining us. Check out the links for this episode in the info box and tune in next week for another episode. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.